From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. I'm Jake Rivas, and you are listening to Jake of All Trades, the podcast show focused on helping millennials make smart choices with their money. On today's episode, we're talking about an interesting concept of people who forget where their money is. Might sound funny, but did you know that Americans lose an estimated $7.7 billion a year in retirement savings? So what we're talking about here is like 401ks, retirement plans that are at businesses, and you enroll in the plan as part of your employee benefits package, and then you put money into it and you know, some of us don't work at employers forever. We're kind of discovering new careers, new career paths. And so we may skip jobs a lot uh, and, and move around. And we forget that we had money saved in these different retirement accounts at these former employers. So my question I pose to you, and be honest, have you left a job and you left an old retirement plan there? And obviously, from the statistic I shared a second ago, you're not alone if you have. It's not uncommon because we treat those retirement accounts like out of sight, out of mind. And I recognize that's even something that I've preached before. But that when that comes to the fact of um, viewing the investments, right, the performance of the investments, the volatility, that's where it's out of sight, out of mind, but not out of sight, out of mind so much that we just forget that we had money saved there because that's your hard-earned dollars that you earned through salary and then you put into that account. So it's really important not to forget about it. So today's episode, I want to talk about what are the risks to leaving the money at the previous employer because I get this question a lot because there are some risks and then what are your options so that if you leave a company in the future, you know exactly what you should and should not do with that money that you've saved. So I want to start with uh, the reasons that you should not leave the money behind. So I ha- I work with a number of clients um, and I have encountered quite a few that come to me and say, okay, first priority that we're going to work on is I got to consolidate these accounts. I keep getting statements in the mail from three different employers, and I know that I have a little bit of money, but I don't really know where it is or what it is. Is it doing the right thing? And so it can be really difficult to track that money down. So the first reason not to leave the money behind is you forget about it, right? You may move and you forget to update your address at the the platform wherever that money is held, right? So then they can't send you statements. Well, one way to fix that is receive electronic statements. But even still, you may change email addresses or something else may happen. And so you just forget that you have this money there. Because sometimes it's not a huge amount of money, but it's still money that you saved. So it's very easy to forget about it if you leave the company and you leave it there. The next thing is unnecessary expenses. So there's a common misnomer where people think, okay, well, I don't want to move it because then I don't want to pay somebody to manage it for me. I just want to leave it there because I know that it's just going to sit there. So actually, in the retirement plan world, especially when it comes to a 401k plan or a large retirement plan, there are expenses to maintaining that retirement plan. The employer usually shares those expenses with the participants in the plan because they're providing you with a benefit, right, this retirement plan. But 
in return, they expect you to cover some of the cost. That makes perfect sense when you're working there. If you're working there, you're adding to the plan, making contributions, you're working for the company, it's okay to pay a little bit of the expense because you're using the vehicle that they've provided. When you leave the company, however, it does not make sense for you to continue paying participant expenses when you can't even add to the plan. Because remember, when you leave a company, you can no longer participate in that retirement plan. So that doesn't mean your account has to be distributed, but your account, you can no longer add any money to it. And so now all you're doing is being charged expenses on an, on a plan or on an account that you can't really do anything with. Yes, you can adjust the investments in there, but you can't add any more money to it. So unnecessary expenses. There's always expenses that you may not be aware of. So one of the options we'll talk about when you leave the company, when you move it, is some ways to move it and avoid some of those high investment costs and investment advisor costs. So the next thing is investment selections that might not make sense anymore. So one of the concepts that I preach to my clients and one of the reasons that I use a aggregation technology where you can link up outside accounts into my software platform is because I want to see and I want you to see the how all of your accounts behave with each other. And by that I mean... All of the investments in the accounts have a specific role or a specific objective, right? But we need to know what the right hand is doing in relation to the left hand, right? We don't want something happening over here with this account that doesn't necessarily, uh, isn't necessarily consistent with what's happening with your other account. And that's called uh, asset allocation, maintaining a, a dynam- an asset allocation across all of your accounts, You set that asset allocation and you want to make sure that, okay, all of my retirement money is invested in a similar way. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not taking advantage of diversification, right? Like spreading your money out. What I mean by invested in a certain way is broad asset allocation. If we're talking about retirement accounts, that's long-term money. We want to make sure that money is invested in the way it should be. And it's not uncommon for you to have enrolled in a plan at an employer a long time ago, and maybe you weren't as familiar with uh, investment planning, retirement savings, because you hadn't listened to my show yet. Uh, And so you selected an investment just because that that was the default investment, and you don't really know what it is. Well, it turns out it might be a super conservative investment. It's not growing very much. That's not what we want in our retirement account, because that's long-term money. We can't even touch it, so we need to be taking some risk with it. Well, if you've left it behind, you won't even realize that it's not performing appropriately and it's not in the right types of investments. Another reason why you need to keep track of that money and you need to figure out a way to either get it out or make sure that you can regularly keep up with it and you're really confident in what investment options you've selected. Another reason not to leave it behind. If you uh, forget about the money, and again, that... That statistic earlier, $7.7 billion in retirement savings is lost. If you forget about it, that's retirement money that could go towards your overall portfolio that's growing to accumulate assets for you. So here's an example. I know that a lot of times people are like, well, it's just a tiny bit of money that I left back there, like a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks. Here's an example of a I did a calculation just to see what the interest 
on a very small account could be over 10 years. So let's say that you left a $1,000 401k account at your previous employer. You're not really sure where it is. It's going to be difficult to track it down. And it's been growing uh, over 10 years. And it's uh, the rate of return on that investment is 7% per year. If I put that calculation together, the value of that account at the end of 10 years is going to be $1,900. So that's $900 of interest that could have been added to your overall portfolio, but you forgot about it, and now you can't find it. And that brings me to an interesting point and something that I want to touch on, and some of you are thinking, like, how could I not find it? I always know where I worked. You'd be surprised how frequently companies change retirement plan providers, companies go under, or they change HR personnel and therefore contact information changes. Now, if a company changes retirement plan providers and they don't have a current address for you, then they're not going to be able to get that communication to you and you're not going to know that, oh, my plan is no longer at Fidelity, it's at John Hancock or something. Another thing too, companies go under all the time, right? They go out of business. If you have a retirement plan with a company that goes out of business, that retirement plan closes. And then if nobody comes and takes the assets, the money out, if you don't go and retrieve your account, it's abandoned property. Then it's moved away from that company because that company doesn't exist anymore. It's abandoned property. You're going to have to do some research to try to find that account. And you might have thought, well, it was just a thousand bucks. But again, in my example, a thousand bucks over 10 years, that could generate $900 in interest, which is a decent amount of money for something that you worked hard for and you put in there. So when you think about reasons not to leave the money behind, really the most important thing is you don't want to forget about it. And I know you think you won't, but it's very easy to do because you may switch jobs three or four times. You may have enrolled in a retirement plan three or four times. And so by not keeping all that money together, it can be difficult to keep track of it. So let's talk about the options you have when you leave the company because we've already established that we don't want to leave the money there, right? So what things could you do with it in order to keep it? Really, there's four options. These are the options I like to summarize when I go through it with my clients. You can roll to, roll away, distribute, or leave it, all right? So let's start with the first one, roll to. Roll to, or let's just talk about rolling in general. Remember that the type of account we're talking about is a retirement account. So the retirement account has certain tax advantage advantages to it, right? You don't pay interest on the you don't pay taxes on any of the interest or any of the income that the investments generate. But also part of that is you can't touch that money until you're 59 and a half without penalty. So when we're talking about rolling the money, we're talking about keeping it inside of the retirement bubble and just moving it from one type of retirement account to another. That's called a roll. That's that's that means you're rolling it over. So when we say roll two, uh, it's more than likely that you left a company for new employment. Hopefully, right? So you have a new employer, and they have their own four hundred one k plan. You can elect if that new four hundred one k plan allows you to. You can elect to roll 
the money in your previous 401k to the new 401k. So roll to the new 401k, roll to. Now that can also happen with other types of retirement accounts, but the way you can find that out is when you're enrolling in the retirement plan, ask the HR person, does this plan accept rollovers from other plans? If they do, perfect. You can combine your retirement accounts. You're taking it with you, just like you would take anything else with you. That's your money. Take it with you. Okay. Now let's say that you go to a company, maybe it's a startup or maybe they just don't have a retirement plan available. You can do what's called rolling away. Rolling away means I took the money and I did a rollover, but instead of rolling to another 401k retirement plan, I had to open up an individual retirement account or an IRA because you didn't have any other option for saving in retirement assets, right? There wasn't one available at the new employer. So therefore, you had to do something, but you wanted to keep it in the retirement bubble. Remember, that's the most important thing because we want to avoid negative adverse tax consequences and that 10% early distribution penalty. So we need to be rolling that thing somewhere. So open up an IRA, roll the money into the IRA. The IRA is just in your name. It has no ties to any of the companies you used to work for. Now you have your own retirement account and you can take that account with you anywhere and you know where it is because that's your IRA. So what are the, what are the avenues you can find for the IRAs? There's a lot of places you can open an IRA. That's what financial advisors do. They open IRAs. Now, a lot of financial advisors, if this is a small sum of money, they can't accommodate such a, such a small balance, right? So there are other platforms. I can accommodate small balances, but there's not, not everybody can. So if you're in a situation where you don't have a financial advisor, not really interested in using one right now, but you need to just keep track of your retirement money, Fidelity has a platform. You can go online, open up an IRA, And you just roll the money into that IRA. Now you have a new Fidelity account. And that Fidelity account now gives you access to an investment lineup. You can pick some mutual funds and invest the money. If that's a self-directed IRA, so you're in charge of the investments, there's not going to be a management fee on there because you're not paying anyone to manage the investments. Now that means the investment selection burden is on you, which might be okay. You may be comfortable with that. But the important thing is that you rolled it out of that old 401k plan into an IRA and now it's in your name and you can keep better track of it. Okay, so let's talk about if you leave the company, well, what if I need the money immediately? There's always the option to distribute. And what that means is you're reaching into the bucket of money, you're reaching into that account and literally taking the money out and putting it in your pocket. So it's available for you to spend. That's different than rolling because remember, when we roll the money, we're keeping it in the retirement bubble. So if you take a distribution, now we've busted into that retirement bubble and we have to pay that, we have to realize the consequences of doing so. So let's talk about those. If you take the money out and it's a pre-tax retirement account, like a traditional, a traditional 401k, then you're going to have to pay income tax on that money. The way that works is you take the money out, let's say it's $1,000, you're going to receive a 1099 taxable income statement at the end of the year from whatever company you took the money from. You're going to have to add that to your W-2. So whatever income you made for the year, 
add on however much was in the retirement account if you distributed it because you took that as income and you were able to spend it. So you have to pay taxes on it at whatever rate you're taxed at for that year. So that's a moving target. There's not just a standard, it's going to be X number of taxes. It just depends on what your tax rate is for the year. And then on top of that, if you're not 59 and a half, and if the distribution wasn't for one of the qualified distribution rules that the IRS lays out, which consists of unreimbursed medical expenses, you were about to be evicted from your home, or in some instances, you can use money from a retirement account for the purchase of a home uh, for your first home, only your first home, you can use it as a down payment and you can avoid that penalty. But if it wasn't for one of those reasons that you distributed the money, if you just took it out because you needed to use it or pad your emergency fund, you're going to have to pay, and you're not 59 and a half years old, you're going to have to pay an, a 10% distribution penalty. That's an early withdrawal penalty that the IRS assesses because this was retirement money. They don't want you touching it until retirement, so they're going to penalize you. Now you have had to pay taxes and an early distribution penalty if you decided to distribute the money when you left the employer. So unlikely, that's probably not the best option for you, right? The final one we've already discussed, you could leave it at the employer. Again, there's nothing inherently wrong with leaving it there, but I've highlighted to you what the risks are, right? The risks of not having the proper investments in there paying expenses that you shouldn't be paying because you don't get to take advantage of the opportunities that are available. You could potentially forget about it. Now, one of the ways that can help prevent you from forgetting about an investment is you can use, um, there's a lot of aggregator software out there. Some of it's even free, like mint.com. If you can keep track in this digital world, we're also comfortable with keeping track of our accounts online. If you can find out a way to link that account, then at least you can keep track of it. So even if you leave it in the previous 401k plan, at least you've got it linked in somewhere with the rest of your assets so that you can keep track of it. But again, that's really not something I recommend. I still recommend you take it away. But so leaving it there, always an option. Just be aware of the risks of doing so. So before we wrap up, I want to talk about the rollover options, and there's, it gets a little confusing when it comes to rollovers. So when we talked about what options do you have when you leave the company, the most tax-preferential way to take the money is to do a rollover. There are two types of rollovers, direct and indirect. The reason that's important is because they have different tax consequences. Let's talk about a direct rollover first. The direct rollover is the shining star. That's the way, if you're going to roll money over, that's the way to do it. The reason is because you're doing a direct rollover, which means you're taking the money from XYZ employer and you're, the money's being transferred over to the new employer or over to your new IRA, but you yourself never take possession of the money. So if they send a check, the check is made payable to the new 401k plan or it's made payable to your IRA. It's never made payable directly to you. That allows that money to transfer directly and you to avoid re realizing any of that distribution as income. Therefore, no taxes, no penalties, nothing to worry about. It's just picking it up and dropping it into another spot. Now, the indirect rollover is a different story. 
The indirect rollover says, okay, you want to move this money and put it into a new retirement account. We're going to cut you a check made payable to you. You deposit that money, and then you have 60 days to put the money back into the new retirement account. 60 days. Now, the risk there is, number one, you could have a, you know, uh, that issue with money in your pocket, burning a hole in your pocket. If you've got this nice little chunk of change and you've got 60 days to put it back, you may think, oh, I could just buy something really quick and then I'll save up some and I'll put it back. Risk number one. Risk number two is the IRS, if you do an indirect rollover, requires you, the the, the record keeper, the person that's holding your money, when they distribute that, if they're distributing it to you directly, they are required to withhold taxes at 20%. So what does that mean? That means the amount of money that's going to come to you, let's say it's a $1,000 401k, you're only going to get $800 in a check. $200 is going to go to the IRS. But for tax reporting purposes and for the successful completion of an indirect rollover, you need to, within 60 days, put $1,000 back into a retirement account somewhere, not 800 And you may be thinking, well, they only sent me 800 Well, yes, because they are required to withhold the 20% taxes. You have to make up the difference, and then when you file your taxes, you'll get a refund for that extra $200. But that could be months away, right? Because tax filing doesn't happen until April. So I do not recommend indirect rollovers unless it's a unique situation. But in normally, if you're just trying to keep track of your money and make sure you don't lose it and you want to combine everything, a direct rollover is the way to go. And when you're talking to people and you're filling out forms, these are this is common terminology that you'll see. Direct rollover, indirect rollover. Um, and so just remember some of those keywords when it comes to... Uh, processing these these rollovers and these transactions with your money. All right, so we talked about a lot of stuff. This is just a really important topic that I've wanted to do for a while. Understanding what your options are when you leave a company and the important thing that I preach all the time about finances in general is that you're just being aware and you're paying attention. This is just one of those areas that's very easy to overlook. And uh, in that instance, you can make mistakes and forget about money, and then you inadvertently impact your ability to save for retirement. All right, guys, thank you for listening. That wraps up another episode of Jake of All Trades. Be sure to follow me on social media by searching for at Jake's Two Cents, and look at my blog uh, at jakestwocents.com. And remember, you are the expert of your own life, and that's my two cents. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.